0: This is Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Jason Kelly on Bloomberg Radio. As our listeners know, Quibi, the new streaming service and short-form video app, it launched yesterday, founded by Jeffrey Katzenberg. We talked with him yesterday. Well, lucky for us today, we have the CEO of Quibi, Meg Whitman, well-known to our listeners, former CEO of Hewlett-Packard and eBay. Uh, Meg, nice to have you here with us. Um, Talk to us about Quibi. I mean, the timing is such a timely one considering the surge in streaming that we're seeing because of so many of us sheltering in place. Um, Talk to us about what you're seeing initially in these first couple of days.
1: Well, good, well thanks for having me. Yeah, Um, yeah, we launched yesterday and we were very pleased by our first day response. We're number three in the app store between, uh, behind TikTok and uh, Zoom and uh, number two in their entertainment category behind TikTok and ahead of Netflix and Disney+. So we're, we're very pleased by that. It's day one, a long way to go, but uh, we're pleased by that. And, um, you know, listen, it was a hard decision to decide to launch, mm-hmm. right? I mm-hmm. mean, this right. is a terribly, you know, disruptive time for everybody. But we ultimately said, you know, we're not medical professionals, we're not first responders, but maybe we can bring a little joy and levity to people's lives with the content that we have, and so we decided to go for it. And we had to change everything about the launch, as you can imagine. We had a physical um, mm-hmm. launch event with a big red carpet. But guess what our biggest TV buy was? Launch week. The NCAA finals, oh, which were last, supposed to be last night. Oh, so we had, we had all bought everything on March Madness, and we were so excited that the finals were supposed to be last <laughs> night, the evening of our launch. Okay, that all had to be scrapped. <laughs> So there's been challenges, Um, but, but we've, you know, the team's been great and our production partners have been amazing because let many of them, our daily essentials are all being produced, you know, from home.
0: Well, and I've been remiss. You're doing well, your family, your colleagues, everybody doing okay?
1: Yes. Yes, very much so. And I have, um, you know, I live in LA now, but my husband is a medical professional. He's a neurosurgeon. And so I'm sheltered in place in Sacramento where he's at UC Davis in Sacramento. Wow! So I decided wow. to come up here because he's you know he's on the front lines every single day. So. How's he doing? Um, he's doing great, but it's you know it's pretty tense out there. Honestly, yeah. it really is. Yeah.
2: And what do you you know, Meg? You you've obviously been very politically active and, and a candidate uh, for high office before, so you understand the collision of, of political and and economic and and business and all of that. What do you make from from that perspective as a leader of some of the responses that we've seen? I mean. Governor Newsom is, you know, getting some some decent uh, reviews, more than decent reviews there in California. As you look across the country, I know we're a little off topic here, but what, what do you make of the response? <laughs> yeah, well,
1: listen, this is unprecedented, right? No one, no governor, no president, no one has had to deal with something quite like this before. Well, maybe in you know 1917 or something. Um, So it's completely different. And I think, you know, they're feeling their way. I think Governor Newsom's doing a very good job. He jumped on this early. He had us all, you know, sheltering in place. The curve appears to be flattening here, but but we'll see. Um, You know, I think it's a very challenging environment for leaders, you know, in the political sphere.
0: Well, and you know, what's interesting is, you know, we talk a lot, Meg, um, about how things are changing. Like I think about, you you were really wonderful. I did a Breakfast of Corporate Champions with you about the breakup of HP and your panel, uh, the panel, your colleagues that helped in that breakup and and what went on. And I just think. I remember. Yeah. And, and. I think, you know, how things change, right? And who would have thought HP, the breakup, but it did happen, and we live in a different environment. I do wonder how you see today's environment, um, how it will impact the virus, how it will impact our world going forward, maybe longer term.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really very interesting question. I mean, don't you wonder whether work from home has changed from forever?
0: Make
3: yes.
1: Yes. Um, I I think it may have. We've all learned how to do this. I mean, I've been going into an office for 40 years, and all of a sudden I've had to figure this out, which, you know, it's been pretty easy. I mean, I happen to be a tech exec, but still, you know, and it's pretty efficient, so I wonder if that will have changed. I um, wonder if this will have changed how families communicate. I mean, every weekend now we're on with, you know, both my husband's family and my family for Mm -hmm. an hour and a half, you know, doing a Zoom call. We never
2: did that before. Right. (laughs) So... No, um, I think, you know, I think how... that's totally true. Well, and and Meg, yeah. you know, on the subject of, of media, I feel like, you know, we were just speaking with Susan Line, and obviously, like you, she knows a huge amount about media and, and technology and the intersection. Uh, therein, you know, you've been, you know, elbow, neck deep in the creation of a new media company. How do you think media changes uh, going forward, yeah. both in terms of this inflection point, but also wrapping a re- in, you know, the whole notion of this virus? Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, I think, um, listen, you know, Hollywood is a surprisingly um, uh, entrepreneurial place. Think about it. Every time you start a movie, okay, a movie is a startup. (laughs) It's not that different from a startup in Silicon Valley. And uh, so uh, they are adapting really fast to um, this entirely new environment. And I think you may see different kinds of content. I think how it's consumed may be different. Um, you know, you wonder whether everyone comes pouring back into the, you know, movie theaters or, you know, that's fundamentally changed. I don't know. But um, people are exploring new ways to consume content. Um, we were excited because we thought, you know, if we could make watching um, holiday qua- Hollywood quality content on your phone um, terrific, you know, that would be something that hadn't been done before. It was technology enabling a new way to tell stories. And I think you're going to see a lot of that You know, in part because of the situation in which we find ourselves, but also the normal march in time of technology and its advancements.
2: And, uh, you know, given everything that's been going on with shutdown, how much sort of content do you have in the can? How much do you worry about sort of production shutdowns? Mm.
1: Well, we have enough content, um, believe it or not, to get us through November. Wow. And you might say, well, now, why did that happen? How (laughs) did that happen? Well, we knew we needed to bank content um, because I thought you know what if if this you know was remarkably successful maybe we need to pull forward some content so we wanted to have enough content in our um, you know in the archives if you will but we also thought there might be a writer strike in May right so that was the other thing we did and um, so we've got enough content now remember part of our content is daily essentials yeah and uh, that is produced every day and um, so you know our news partners are know doing it up in their studio but many are doing it from home we've got you know music news um, we've got celebrity news uh, we've got talk shows sports weather, you name it and so different of our partners are doing it different ways but again super um, you know entrepreneurial and figuring out how to make it great from people's living rooms. you've seen it all the time Isn't right crazy?
0: so okay I'd be remiss we've only got about 40 seconds left here about um, Xerox giving up its pursuit of HP any any kind of final thoughts on that?
1: Well, you know, listen, I, I always thought that seemed um, sort of a strange thing because HP is so much bigger than Xerox. I mean, if anyone was going to buy someone, it should be the other way around. Yeah. And um, so, yeah. you know, I never quite understood the rationale. Um, and so I think, listen, you know, the leaders at HP now are fantastic. Chairman of the board, uh, Chip Berg, doing a great job. And, um, you know, so I think it's it's you know a great company and they'll do fine on their own.
0: Listen, Meg, thank you so much. Really appreciate your time. Good luck with Quibby, and we look forward to talking to you again um, as uh, the year progresses on. This is Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Jason Kelly on Bloomberg Radio. Well, Susan Lyons' professional background, it is has been in all worlds of media, publishing, multimedia, also she has become a venture capitalist and has been for several years. She's former president of ABC Entertainment. She ran Martha Stewart Omnimedia, oversaw AOL.com, directed the board of Gilt Group. So, um, so delighted to have her back with us. She is the founder and president of BBG Ventures, uh, making investments in women-founded startups. Quite a portfolio. And she joins us on this Tuesday on the phone in New York. Susan, it is great to have you back with us. Really appreciate your time. I hope you, your family, uh, folks are doing okay everyone's fine
3: I've got children in Brooklyn I've got uh, sisters here in Manhattan and uh, and I'm here in Manhattan too so uh, we're all working from home at this point like the rest of the world
0: right we exactly I I do wonder when you look at this um, the kind of the world that we're in right now you know we talk about people are doing more streaming we're talking about changes that might come to education or medicine I'm just curious you know, with your investor hat on, you know, how you see it, how our world might be changing as a result of this?
3: You know, this
0: is the giant question out there. Um,
3: I, I think we know the near-term impacts, I think, uh, and I'm happy to talk about some of the things we're seeing. I think the the more interesting piece of this is whether it will create um, – behavior changes mm. over time. Uh, how much of what we are, are being forced to do now will actually become part of our work lives or, as you say, learning lives or, um, or just the way we live. Um, and that, I think, will take time to really understand, but there are certain things that, that I have to believe will never completely go back. You know, I I can't imagine that companies are gonna go back to spending as much on business travel, for example, because everyone has been forced to figure out how to do business uh, across country uh, using Zoom or whatever whatever video product your company uh, uses. Um, And, there's a ton you can get done. There's no question. And it, it can be very intimate, in fact. So uh, things like that, uh, I think, are going to have um, a much bigger impact than just keeping us in for a couple of months.
2: And, and what do you, let, let's continue to talk about that because th- this is the most yeah. fascinating piece yeah, of this to, to me, honestly, Susan. And, and Carol and I talk about it on air, off air, all the time. We talk mm-hmm. about it within our company because we are seeing things differently. Uh, you know, working from home, candidly, spending more time with our families in many cases, yeah. I, I hope, yeah. you know, more balanced uh, parenting in, in some ways. I'm not so We're, tired absolutely. anymore. <laughs> so, what's the net effect of that, you think?
3: I, I think that, look, I hope it's going to have um, a uh, lasting impact on things like co-parenting. That would be a beautiful thing. Um, and certainly, I think there's a lot of men out there who are realizing um, there's great pleasure in doing a lot more with their their families than maybe they were able to do uh, when they were working 16 hours a day. Um I do think that there will be more working from home, just no question about it. There's a uh, there's value in it for companies, uh, maybe not full-time and certainly not for your entire team as we're forced to do right now, but there's a lot of jobs that can be done remotely, and there are a lot of days in the week, I think, when you could uh, organize things to do your work from a home office. So. I do think that is going to have um, run over effect. Um, And I think there's going to be demands on both sides of the table for it. I I think there are are companies uh, who are going to realize they can be more efficient by doing this. And I think there are people in... Uh, all levels of jobs who are going to
0: say, you know what, I want to work from home two days a week. Well, listen, like I think even, you know, tv television radio who would have thought i mean jason and i are both you know we're a state apart we're 40 miles apart and we're doing you know a co-anchored show and television we've all seen people from their homes who would have thought that we would be able to do i'm not saying that this you know know—we're the most important industry hardly but it would have been one of those things you're like no you can't do that from home well yeah we can yeah
3: absolutely and i think it's um uh, someone said to me the other day that that they've seen the inside of people's uh, homes and apartments so <laughs> much more frequently in the last 3 weeks than they ever had in their lifetime so there's there's definitely things you learn about your coworkers too when uh when you are operating like this
2: so susan line uh, back with us uh susan thanks for hanging on uh gotta ask you you know given all of your experience in the media world what do you make of the media world right now we're at such an interesting inflection point and we're testing all these different things given everybody's streaming and consuming in a different way what do you see out there
3: yeah look i think this is a a really interesting moment um certainly for as you said, streaming media, I think it's obviously much tougher for, for scripted media, for entertainment. Um, there's tons of it being consumed right now, but until and unless they can get back to actually producing, um, it's going to be far more difficult. But there's no question moments like this uh, make people hungry to understand what's going on in the world and hungry to you know be entertained, to laugh, and there are so many options for for viewing at this moment, I think the mainstream media, well, you can see just by the ratings numbers, um, they've yeah. doubled uh, their audience in some cases even more than that, for what we consider mainstream media, things like cable news. Um, and I think that will continue for a while, but I think the issue is how do you uh keep that kind of um, i would say solution to what people need what people want on a daily basis once they're not completely isolated and uh and once they're um, they're no longer concerned about. The immediate health threat.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I, we, we will see how much of this, you know, ultimately stays with us. I mean, I'm one of those people who's, you know, I've been binged on oh, Tiger yeah. King, but I think I'm done. <laughs> Susan, yeah. I do wonder, we're going to be talking with Meg Whitman of Quibi, CEO Quibi. They yeah. launched just yesterday. When you look at the media world, what are the types of investments that you find interesting?
3: Well, I think Quibi is really interesting. We tend to invest. Uh, less in what I would call traditional media, largely because um, it's been a challenging sector uh, because it's hard to figure out how to monetize it. Mm-hmm. So our focus has been much more on um, on technology investments, on uh, commerce investments, on on services, um, things that uh, we know are core customers are looking for um, really when when you when you dig into what female entrepreneurs are building, they're problem solvers. They're consumer problem solvers. So uh, they look at some aspect of life and think, you know, either this is missing or I can create a much better experience.
2: Um, and I know it's so a. It- it's like making you pick among your children, but you only have about a, mi- a minute left here. Susan, what's one thing in your portfolio that you would point to that's representative of that?
3: Well, I'll tell you about two because they're sort of opposite ends of the spectrum. One is the wing, which has been mm-hmm. deeply impacted by yeah. by COVID, but they are well capitalized and they uh, they will be reborn once this is over uh, because it. It created um, a very safe place for women and a joyful place for women. And I think that um, the, the need for a place to work, to learn, to, to come together, to meet your next partner, right. to whatever, right. is still going to be there.
0: Susan, I just um, got 20 seconds left. Forgive me. Okay. The your other one company. is Squad. So this is a
3: screen-sharing app that allows you to hang out with your friends. Think Zoom for friends and family. Um, And they have just taken off. So, you you know, two very different companies. Yeah. Yeah,
2: Yeah. interesting. All right, we can't wait to catch up with you again. We really appreciate it. Susan Line, founder and managing partner of BBG Ventures. Carol?
0: Thank you so much. Stay safe, Susan. Really appreciate it.